All right. Good morning, everybody. It is 730. Uh, we're getting started here. This is uh, Mike Alleman, and you are listening to the Alleman Group's uh, week, one of their weekly calls we do. It's the Eight Steps call. Um, it's a pleasure to be on this call this morning. Uh, I was fired up about it when when said, hey, will you do it? I'm like, yeah, we got it. Um, so anyway, uh, real quick, um, my, myself, Mike Alleman, and Michelle Alleman, and I, uh, before I start, just let me excuse myself. I'm going to be taking some sips of some warm tea here. Mm. So the, the phone isn't breaking up or anything. It is just me taking a sip because I've got a, a cold or something that's just been nagging me for about a week. Woo! But it's getting over it. I'll be there so I can hoot and holler when we get to family reunion. Uh, but so so anyway, um, we've been doing this about 13 years now. Um, when we first started, the eight steps book uh, that Andy Albright wrote wasn't even written, and uh, we were working off just like this one simple page that had the eight steps, and we're like so fired up about it, it was just like out of our minds. And and I remember we were teaching hours on 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 some of these things. Um, I'm not going to do that this morning. We're going to keep it about half hour, maybe even landed a little bit earlier as uh, we kind of see how my throat does here. But anyway, so those of y'all that don't know, um, you're part of the Alliance Group. And one of the things about the Alliance Group is that we um, have our own CEO, President Albright, Andy Albright. Um, and he takes, he's probably one of the, the most gifted guys I know in taking um, basic concepts, communicating them, and then taking them and transforming them in, in ways that maybe we, we, we're, we're not used to. Um, and I say that because, um, you know, we as trainers, we as human beings, we want to be that, you know, perfect person. And, and a lot of what we're doing here is, is a lot about being a person for others, not necessarily being someone for ourselves, if you will. So, um, I'm going to jump right here into this thing and kind of give you um, some perspective on each of these eight steps, and uh, hopefully uh, it'll make some sense for you. Uh, if this first time with us, welcome. Um, if it's your hundredth time with us, hey, welcome back. Welcome, welcome around. These calls that uh, Jonathan and Megan have set up um, at 7:30 a couple times a week are for everybody. The people who are working, people who aren't working. Um, we've got a podcast version of it, so if you, you miss it, and I don't take that as you can miss it, but if you miss it, um, you can go back and listen to it. So, good deal. So, I want to start with step one. Step one is personal use. And there's a lot of ways to phrase what personal use means, right? I mean, there's a, there's a ton of ways to, to go, okay, well, here's what personal use means to me, you know, um, and, and I want to challenge you that it's bigger than, you know, and a lot of y'all may be new. And when you're new, we say, hey, let's get a policy on yourself because we want to enforce, if you will, the eight steps, right? And so sometimes when you're first getting started, you know, you go, okay, well, I'll just do the least amount I can do, right? And and so for a lot of folks, I think sometimes personal use means, well, yeah, I got an accidental policy on myself. And that's awesome. And what I want to tell you is, if you really dig down deep on personal use, do you have the coverage on yourself 
on your family such that when death comes, you will look back on it and go, we had, an, we had more than enough. We had everything covered. And, and, and I want you to think about that for a second because, you know, I understand you first getting started as a brand new deal. They want me to buy a policy on myself, da, 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 right? But I want you to think, you are a professional life insurance agent. Does your, is your family properly protected? And here's why that's important. Because for you to walk into other people's homes, <coughs> right, and say, I'm here to help make sure your family's protected. There's an implied finger pointing back going, are you protected? They want to know, are, are you protected? If you've ever heard my buddy Eric Belair talk about this, it blows your mind. He goes, I got this, I got that, I got this. And I'm, by the way, I'm getting more. And, you know, we, we talk about, you know, even the Alliance is getting in the game of taking some of their top folks and putting policies and reinvesting money from the Alliance into policies on, on, on some of the top people. Why? It's personal use. You don't understand we're part of the family, taking care of the family, right? So step one, personal use. Are you protected? It's not just buying what you sell, but it's being bought into what you're selling. That you fully believe that your family is covered. Right? Take that. Boom. That's just step one. I'm just on a roll now. Let's talk about step two, work. So, so one of the things that to me that's interesting about work is in our business, it is so easy to not do work. It, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a dream that a lot of folks have put in front of themselves is, I just want, I just want to do this to, to where I don't have to work. Or I just want to do enough to make my bills. I, I just want to, you know, and, and I think about that and I go, you know, what would happen if, if everyone on this call just went like insane? And, 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 and I mean in a good way, right? Like, like got rid of everything that you're choosing to do daily and just said, you know what, for the next two weeks, six weeks, 90 days. We used to call them 90 day madman cycles because it was a way to get you to move for 90 days at least. But imagine, think about, you know, like what is your next few hours looking like right now? And, and we have these things called income producing activities. Boy, that was a lot of syllables on that. Income producing activities right? And I think we used to call them leisure producing activities. Um, but income producing activities are doing things that ultimately lead to creating revenue for your business. Your business is you ink, you, right? And 
it doesn't always end up being out there making a sale. It is making recruiting dials. As some of I, as we talked about last night in the meeting, you know, it's, it's working with your agents. It's being patient. We're going to get to some lessons here in a little bit, but it's being patient through that process. It is, it is getting out there and doing something because the thing you have the most resources of is energy. That's right. The biggest resource you have is your energy and where do you put it? Are you putting it into income producing activities? Some people think it's time or some people think that, well, I don't have money. So therefore I can't do income producing activities. So I don't have money to create income producing activities. Guys, I want you to know there, you can go to band, you can go to, to other places, look at other entrepreneurs and listen to their stories. They did things when they didn't have the money either. And that's what work is about. It's about getting out there and doing it and, and taking the actions, right? Doing, and doing something every day to move you towards what you want. Think about that. Step three is listen. And I like this one because listen is, is not what a lot of people think. It's not comprehension. Sometimes that takes a while. But it is, it is far too often I watch people interact and I get a kick out of it sometimes that sometimes when someone's just listening long enough so they can interject what their opinion is in the conversation. You know what I mean? It's like, think about your day to day. Go through your day to day and audit your listening abilities. Like, how much did you actually listen? That means quieted your mind, turned off all the back chatter, stopped worrying about that bill you got to pay, stopped worrying about that next appointment because all that's going through your head while you're trying to listen to the client or listen to somebody who's sitting in front of you and just listen. Think of it as like, like listening to great music. I'm not going to get into a discussion of what great music is, but listen to, think about listening to great music where the kind of music where you, you want to rewind it and go, oh, did, it, did you hear that? What was that? Was that, you know, was that a cowbell? <laughs> right? Listening is that ability to quiet the mind, to absorb the words, the thoughts, the meanings of what others are communicating. <laughs> And I think about this often because I watch Andy week after week for the last 13 years train on things. And I can tell you, he's still saying some of the same things I heard him say 13 years ago in the same way. And he does that because some of us still have not heard it yet. <coughs> mm. Sip tea. Some of us haven't heard it yet. And, and, and so listening is that art of quieting your mind to hear what's being said. Think about next week when we're at a conference, how much effort it takes to listen to the speakers that are on stage because there's all kinds of noise going on around you. The person next to you wants to ask you a question about an IUL. Um, they're, they're, the person next to you wants to tell you about their, their bad week last week, and you're struggling 
to just try and listen to what the, the speaker's saying. And I'm going to challenge each of y'all that are going to conference to quiet the mind and listen and hear. Step four is reading. And the thing about reading is I can go back and in the last 13 years and point to very pivotal, 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 yeah, that's what I'm going to say, pivotal moments, moments where things shifted, moments where our business went from zero to 60, where we went, broke through the next plateau. And I can look back on those times going, you know what, we were reading this book that day that time that's the craziness of it right is that reading is is filling your mind with words of mentors who may no longer be even with us in our industry there's there's uh, napoleon hills think and grow rich um dale carnegie on how to win friends and influence people um i'm not gonna get in all the names but how to how to you know how to raise myself from uh, failure to success by Frank Becker or Betcher, <coughs> right? Pivotal, pivotal books. The Magic of Thinking Big, The Eight Steps of Success, Inside the Circle, where all these books are words that mentors thought long and hard enough about putting into a written form so that their message could go far beyond their voice. Uh, some people go, oh, I can't read, Mike. I don't like reading. Okay. You can listen to audiobooks. It's not sometimes as effective, but you do get a lot of stuff from it. And, and, and I do listen to a lot of things in audiobooks. I think it's supplementary to it. It's different than listening. Reading is where, you, again, you're in a quiet space and you start to hear the voices off of the words the voices of the mentors, if you know what their voices sound like, but more than likely not, when you're reading, you're hearing those words in your own voice, and you're your biggest fan. And when you hear your words in your own voice, guess what happens? You remember, you assimilate, you you put it in the in the right places to learn. Reading is huge, so if you don't have a book that you're reading right now, start somewhere's. Grab one of Andy Albright's books. Start there. And, and, and unlike a romance novel, you can take a year to get through a book just by reading pieces and parts of it each day. You could be reading 10 books right now because each of those words are built around moments. That may be the moment of the words that you're looking for. So think about that. Think about your approach to reading. Step five is attending all meetings, Right? Now, a lot of people take that as, as, as a requirement and, and, and confuse it with being told what to do. And it's just about, you know, hey, man, if you had a chance to, to play with one of your most favorite sports teams, with one of your most favorite team players ever in the world, and all you had to do was be – at every practice and meeting and game 
that that individual was at. In other words, you were tied to the hip. Would you do it? And most people go, hell yeah, I'm going to do it, Mike. I'd be in there. I'd do it 100% of the time. Okay, well, you're in the game right now. The game of your life that your family was going to look back on in about 15, 20 years and look back the last 15, 20 and go, how well did we do the game? So, so attending all meetings, are they always convenient? No. Are they always, um, you know, free? No. Hey, nothing in the world is ever going to be free. And it's going to cost money to go be around the people that you want to be around. My God, have you people looked at tickets for anything like a concert or, or, or a football game, sports game? You paying to get there, bro. <laughs> Excuse me. And most people choose to rebel against the attend all meetings by justifying well, I thought that, you know, hey, I just I just thought that running appointments and making sales would be more important. No. And here's why. The rest of the team is there waiting to mentor you and waiting to be mentored by you to hear what you're doing and you can hear what they're doing. So when we break, we can go do much greater things. And that goes from this call, that goes to, the, the weekly meeting, hotspot meetings, that goes to the national conventions, that goes to the, oh, here's one nobody ever misses if they get invited, uh, the, 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 the trip, right? It's just another meeting. Will you attend? And how, how, how does your attendance reflect your commitment and your desire to be in a better place? See, I think attendance is a reflection of what you're trying to accomplish, not so much a requirement. And, and, and when you do that, you think about it, you're, it, it is the place that you know that I'm here. I'm in the best possible place I can be, Mike. And, and from that, I'm going to get some. Man, 10 all meetings. Step six, be teachable. Be teachable. Learning from others. Being teachable does not mean to me being sit down and having somebody instruct you. That's instruction. <laughs> We've all spent 12 plus years being instructed, right? That does not mean any of us were teachable in those 12 years. But think about those things that you enjoyed. Think about your favorite teachers. I think about my favorite teachers. You know, I think I think about my 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 his high school history teacher who just loved it, and you saw he loved it. There was no one going to convince him that that history was not the thing in the world, and from that, you know, I, I've learned a lot to be reflective on history. I'm not so good at math in my head, but my math teacher, she was awesome. She was interested in us learning. And so understand that with our company, with our business, there are people who are interested in helping people learn, but it only happens 
when you're open to being teachable. Yeah, I, I sit here and say this, and it's 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 entertaining sometimes to watch um, a dial session, and you know, and someone corrects a new agent saying, "Hey, you said this." I need you to say this. They get on the phone and they don't say it again. They don't say it right. You know, and you go, okay, you said this. I need you to say this. That could go on for months, guys. The teacher is always willing to teach. To be teachable, though, is to take all the other things we've got here, your working habits, your listening, and absorbing it. So being teachable is, is learning to absorb it. None of us escape this one, guys. None of us escape it without being caught in the, in the zone of, oh, my gosh, I wasn't, I wasn't teachable, was I? Mm-mm, you weren't. But you know what? New moment, new time, right? Put some energy into it. You'll be amazed. Step seven is being accountable. And every time we talk about accountability, immediately what I see is a lot of people going, hey, will you be my accountability partner? And, and my buddy Fitz says it all the time. You know, he goes, people ask me to be their accountability par- partner. I'm like, no, you, you got to be accountable for yourself. Being accountable is an internal thing. It's not an external thing. It's being in congruence. It's being in alignment with what you're saying you want. and and so it's it's being prepared to do what you say you want. And you will see people at convention who will stand up. I'm going senior board member. I'm going EVP. <coughs> and saying what you want on a big scale, the big, hairy, audacious goal, is a wonderful start. Where the rubber meets the road is, now what are you doing to get there? So being accountable. For some of y'all, it may be, hey, I just want to make 10 sales a week. Great. Here's what being accountable looks like. Waking up in the morning going, I'm going to set 10 appointments this week. I am setting 10 appointments this week. I have already set 10 appointments this week. Speaking it into existence. And if you consistently are doing that, it's going to find the people who are listening to them, being teachable, and come back and apply it until you get there. It's the accountability is is in that loop of saying what you want to do and the big congruence, you know, being in alignment, if you will, with it. So think about that. Being accountable is not having an accountability partner. It's just being able to check more things. I I, I have to tell you guys that. On our monitors, if you ever come into the house or, or in our office, you will see sticky notes all over the place that have things like 50 unique writers, 20 to 30 interviews, five to seven contacts, income goal, 50000 a month, cash savings goal, $10,000 a month. That's just my monitor right here. Those are the reminders of what I'm trying to be accountable to. Where are your reminders? 
what are you reminding yourself about? Step eight, we're going to land this thing right on time. I'm fired up about it. Step eight, communicate with a positive mental attitude. And this one's tough because our world is filled with cynicism and, and politics today is so divisive. Um, you watch, you watch debates, you listen to the media, you're going to see it's about what that person's not doing. This person's not doing Oh my gosh. Communicating with a positive mental attitude. Let me, let me put this into perspective. In any relationship, and that's you to your business, you to your spouse, you to other agents that you're hiring. And I want you all to take this to heart and think about this because it happens with everybody. Think about your negative thoughts, your negative comments. And, and just use this as a rule. Whether it proves out to be true, just, just absorb this as a general rule so that you fight to get to the other side of the, of the, of the balance. You know, there's like a, it's like a, one of these old time weights, right? You got two sides and, and you got a negative side and you got a positive side, right? And, and to me, mentally, negatives set back progress at least six months. Think about that for a second. Speaking negatively about something to someone sets things back six months. Talking positively moves you forward three to six months. It's a balance. We're not going to get out of speaking negative. It's in our nature. It's certainly in our culture. But try thinking of this, and, and this is the part where sometimes it's best just to nod your head for a second while you, while you know you want to jump in and say something, inject into the conversation. Nod your head for a second, like, yeah. And in that time that you're nodding, be thinking about, is what I'm about to say going to come out in a negative approach or a positive approach? And is it having the impact that we needed to have? Right? It, it, it is often the case. When I was in IT world, it was often the case. I went into meetings to figure out who the heck was lying about whatever. I got two sides telling me something. One of you guys is lying. Who's lying? And in my older age, I've learned that's not the right approach. Who cares? Who cares? We're here today to solve a problem. Let's, let's work on the truth. Let's work on how do we get to where we're going. So maybe somebody on your team did not attend the meeting last night. You don't call them up today going, hey, man, I noticed you weren't at the meeting last night. Unless you're going to say, hey, man, we really missed you last night. There was some great stuff. It was directly to you. Hey, let me talk to you a little bit about it. You going to be there next week? Simple turns of phrases 
really determines how well we communicate, if we communicate positively or negatively. And hey, don't get me wrong. Everybody's got their, their stand-up you know, routine that is a bunch of negative quips, right? But understand, it's about our business is about leveraging our whole positive energy and collective group, all our agents and agents from other organizations that come to the, where we're at, when we're all moving positively, we could not be stopped. When there's negatives being thrown around and it starts to spread, it has a greater impact than anyone can imagine and it sneaks up on us and, and, it, and it, it can be destructive. So I'm gonna ask y'all, out of all these steps, think about step eight. Are you able to communicate with a positive mental attitude? How are you doing it? What were your words like? Take an audit of that. Work on getting better at it because it's something we need to. All right. Hey, guys, I got great news for you. Um, tomorrow morning at 730, as we talk about the ATM, um, we have none other than the legendary, um, exceptionally gifted and talented Michelle Alleman. And she's going to be uh, talking about the ATM and her process and Guys, I think even just last night at, at the hotspot, she drew some things out, and it was like, oh, my God, people were blown away. Wish you were there. Um, want you there next time because it was for you. And, and so tomorrow morning, there's going to be a lot of that going on. It's for you. You're going to make a difference. Hope you all have enjoyed the call. I've had a good time. Um, it is now 8 o'clock, and we got to get on to the next thing. Love you all. Take care. Make it a blessed day. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.